the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Billy Porter is doing Pittsburgh proud again. You remember Billy, the guy from Pittsburgh who uh, wore a gown on the red carpet at the Academy Awards last year. He also wore something that looked a little bit like a gown. I don't know what it was when he uh, performed at the Democratic National Convention. Now we get the news that Billy is going to have a major role in the remake of Cinderella. He's not going to play Cinderella, but he's going to be Cinderella's fairy godmother. Of course he is. Sony Pictures uh, is producing it. And, of course, it can't just be Cinderella. It has to be Cinderella with a, quote, unquote, diverse cast. Someone named Kay Cannon is the writer and the director. She told Entertainment Weekly that the reason for Billy uh, playing a fairy godmother is to teach that, quote, magic has no gender. Now, she didn't mention whoever thought that magic ever had a gender, but that's what she said, just telling you. Uh, the fairy godmother will be known as Fab G. Fab, the letter G. And Billy Porter is nothing if not fabulous, as you know. And according to the director, Fab G is, quote, here to help our modern Cindy manifest her inner princess. Wanting to avoid comparisons to fairy godmother's past, Cannon says she decided early on simply to, quote, make it Billy Porter. That's what she told Entertainment Weekly. Because, of course, you can't just do a remake of Cinderella, um, a classic fairy tale, been around for I don't know how long, loved by kids forever. So let, let's confuse the kiddies with a man who dresses and acts like a woman. Let's just ruin the whole thing with that. How's that sound to you? And then try to explain to them how this person qualifies as a godmother. This uh, movie will die, of course. It's uh, going to be re reduced directly, or I'm sorry, released directly to um, Amazon Prime. But it'll die. Here's my question. Why is it that when Hollywood does a drastic remake of a character, it's almost always a man imitating a female or a female just taking over the man's role? Can you imagine Cinderella uh, being made with Cinderella as, I don't know, a butch lesbian auto mechanic? I don't think that's going to happen. The message always seems to be that it would be so much better if men were more like women and if men could be things like fairy godmothers. And then it is okay for men to be more like women. But is this because men are bad and women are good? I, I, don't, I don't get it, really. Is this all about men achieving more femininity? That's what it seems like. And just in case you were wondering what Billy Porter will be wearing, it was described as, quote, a flowing copper-colored gown and custom Jimmy Choo butterfly boots. Nothing like a good pair of butterfly boots. Sounds like fun for the entire family, doesn't it? Meanwhile, you know it's not fun? Mining for the material that makes all those car batteries possible. Wait till you hear how the Green New Deal will be making all those batteries on the backs of kids in Africa, kids as young as six. That's coming up after the break. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offer's valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com.
It seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes. Those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With family staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. And for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. I have two Two dogs, Sam and Bailey, both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing re-improvement and today 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog and he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O V-I-T-E 2021's the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, the big guy uh, wants to see everybody driving electric cars. He's going to spend your tax dollars to make that happen. And it's all about saving the planet, of course. And what could go wrong with everybody driving battery-powered cars? It's all about where the batteries come from. And uh, H. Sterling Bennett is a senior fellow at Heartland Institute. He joins us now. Sterling, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on again, John. So um, I saw a tweet today about cobalt mining in the Congo, and I thought of you guys at the Heartland Institute. Uh, yeah. It was about how, the, uh, how it relates to uh, and how this co- uh, cobalt relates to this issue, issue of, um, of uh, batteries. It wasn't pretty. What can you tell us about cobalt and how we may be hearing that word a lot in the future? <laughs> well, uh, cobalt is a critical mineral. The, government, the federal government considers it a critical mineral, and there's good reason for that. It's, it's used in a lot of products, a lot of electronics, uh, but, and we need more and more of it because we're uh, going to high-tech technologies that require cobalt. Every lithium-ion battery, the battery in your cell phone, the battery in uh, your laptop computers, uh, the batteries in your electric vehicles, all require cobalt. The magnets used in wind turbines require cobalt. The batteries backing up solar power panels require cobalt. Well, there's a few problems with that. First off, a lot of the cobalt in the world is produced using either child or slave labor. Uh, more than half the cobalt in the world comes from the so-called Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, where it is mined by children, often children, uh, 
20% of the cobalt there comes from what's called artisanal mines, which means basically people going out and digging in the ground, not, not major companies. And then they collect their cobalt and sell it to uh, major corporations. The major corporations are owned by wholly owned Chinese companies, subsidiaries of China. Uh, so some of the cobalt's refined there in Africa with minimal environmental standards, making people sick. The mining itself is making children sick or they die in cave-ins. By the way, I'm not the one saying this. The Heartland Institute's not the one saying this. Amnesty International is saying this because they're saying, look, the Biden administration wants all this green energy, and it should be aware that this green energy requires at this current time, because we don't allow any mining in America, it's not being mined anywhere with environmental or labor safeguards, it's being done use, using child labor. And, and, of course, in China, when the cobalt's shipped there for refining, it's often done with slave labor. The minority Uyghurs that aren't being exterminated by the Chinese are putting slave labor camps um, where they're making solar panels and making batteries. And who is buying these batteries? Who uses these batteries? Well... Little companies, you know, multi-billion dollar company called Sanyo and Sony and Apple and Microsoft. <laughs> you know, basically everything we use uh, is built upon the foundation of uh, child labor and the uh, dead bodies of those who died in the cave-ins. Well, and this isn't new, is it? It's not I new. Mean- uh, you, you know, to be fair... America went through a stage where we had child labor and, and, their, and minimal safeguards. You know, we used to have coal miners. We used to have kids in the coal mines. The, the British used to have kids on, serving on ships. Um, we've always, developing, you know, de- developing countries have always used child labor, but they got over it. Here, this is perhaps, however, the first time ever where developed countries, wealthy countries, are demanding goods from developing countries knowing they use child labor and then saying we want more of it. Um, under Trump, he tried to open some critical mines here in the U.S., including, I believe, a lithium mine, either in, uh, in Arizona or New Mexico, maybe in Nevada even. Uh, the first mine that he was going to allow open, why? Because uh, they require lithium-ion batteries. Well, lithium, that's part of it. So he was requ- going to open some mining. Biden comes in. Uh, one of his first acts is to demand more lithium-ion batteries, but at the same time, close, rescind the, the, uh, <laughs> rescind the uh, permit for the only mine that would have allowed lithium mining here in the U.S. So basically, he's saying, we want that good, but we don't want it to come from the U.S. We want it to come from countries that may or may not have good environmental records or child labor laws. It's amazing, and I, I said Sterling Bennett, I'm sorry, Sterling Burnett, as we were talking to H. Sterling Burnett, senior fellow at Heartland Institute. My uh, mistake there, sorry about that, Sterling. Um, uh, so, uh, again, you said it's not just car batteries that are made with cobalt. So, oh, no. Um, this, what, what, what I, when I got out of reading this, the thing that I saw today, then another story in Forbes that was about a lawsuit uh, filed by families of some of the kids who have had to work in those mines over in Africa, yeah. Um, what's, uh, what, what is, uh, what is, what struck me is that, um, if, if, and you just described how much cobalt is needed for everything that's uh, tied in with the green new deal, the, the wind, uh, the windmills, the, the batteries and everything. Uh, that sounds to me like, uh, a really good, uh, um, item to have a nice big war over cobalt, because if everybody, <laughs> if everybody starts using, it gets rid of gasoline uh, and and internal combustion engines, and uh, and everything else that we use with uh, the, that's rechargeable now, uh, that 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 mineral is going to become even more valuable, and uh, people are going to go to war over it. Well, you know what I, the the day I long for is when you have uh, clashing protests between the people who care about child labor and the people who want more green energy in the street. Right. Um, <laughs> Because they are diametrically opposed. You, you, right now, the only reason solar is not competitive, absent huge government support and subsidies with uh, fossil fuels, neither is wind. The only reason that even with those subsidies, they can be competitive in some instances is because we get so many of the minerals or the, the, 
the uh, uh, component parts rely on minerals that are basically dug up using cheap labor with minimal environmental standards. If we had to pay, if we paid comparable for what we would pay a miner here in the U.S. under the same environmental standards, no one would be building wind or solar anywhere because the cost would be so high even with government support. Yeah, they're paying the kids 81 cents an hour. Uh, kids as young as six are working uh, in those mines. Yeah. And, and miners, uh, they're not... Go ahead. Sorry. We don't have any child miners here, but miners here get paid over $25 an hour. So now imagine if you were going to open a lithium mine here in the U.S., you're paying $25 an hour or more. How much is the chemical, how much are the components that are built using that chemical going to cost compared to what they cost right now? Yeah, and uh, that's and as you mentioned, it's not just car batteries. It's uh, cell phones. Uh, it's everything. I mean, everything's rechargeable now. Uh, that's right. It's, it's, it's cell phones. It's your, it's your computer, your desktop computer, and like I said, it's the magnets that are using so many things, like wind turbines. Wind turbines don't operate without magnets. Those magnets require cobalt. Yeah, and uh, and this lawsuit. Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's kind of interesting that a company founded by a wonderful guy like Bill Gates, whose company Microsoft uh, is benefiting from child labor and child abuse. Uh, Bill's, you know, such a wonderful, caring guy that cares about each and every one of us and is deeply uh, concerned about the uh, future of the planet, but he's okay with six-year-olds helping him become a little richer. Well, he's he's also, you know, he's, he's Mr. Humanitarian. He wants to stop uh, mosquitoes from spreading malaria by using uh, chemically treated or DDT treated bed nets. But I'm sorry, I don't know many people who spend 24 hours a day in bed. Right. What, what happens when they're out of bed, laboring in the fields, or toting water from the from the well five miles away, or whatever? Uh, they're not getting bit by mosquitoes then. But he won't. But he doesn't support using the chemicals directly using chemicals on to treat the mosquitoes. No, we can do it on bed nets. So you're not getting bit at night, at least, while you're asleep. <laughs> but it's all about the feeling. If it makes you feel good, uh, these little details shouldn't bother you. Um, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, yeah, it's virtue signaling. We, we shouldn't right. get caught up in the niggling details of our virtue signaling. Yeah, the lawsuit uh, filed in 2019, and we're talking to H. Sterling Burnett. He's a senior fellow at the Heartland Institute. Uh, the lawsuit filed in 2019 says the companies are, quote, knowingly benefiting from providing substantial support to this mining system in the DRC. That's um, that's the Congo. Uh, defendants right. know and have known for a significant period of time the reality that DRC's cobalt mining sector is dependent upon children with males performing the most hazardous work, including tunnels, tunnel digging. Uh, and uh, the kids actually die, uh, died from digging the tunnels. They use the kids because they're small. They can get into small spaces, I guess, and things cave yep. in, and they die. And, and, by the way, are not recovered. It's just that that, that yeah. shaft caves in. They just dig another shaft with some other kids. Yeah, and they, they say the bodies are still buried down there. So it seems like this should be a pretty, pretty big story. Um, more than 60% of cobalt comes from the Congo, and it includes 235,000 miners, 35,000 kids, as I said, some of them as young as six, and they're making 81 cents per hour. Why are we uh, not hearing more about this? Well, you know, the ones you're talking about are making 81 cents an hour. The people that Amnesty International talked to, they said they were making $1 to $2 a day on 12-hour day shifts. So that's a lot less than 81 cents an hour, Right. But, I mean, you would think uh, the the um, uh, the Republicans should be uh, talking about this more, don't you think? I mean, the Democrats well, you know, are, like, the media sure are. I'd like sure to aren't. think they would. I'd like to think they would, but, uh, um, you know, they're not. And Biden, you know, this is one of those inconvenient truths that Al Gore never talks about. Right. Uh, you know, he makes money on his green energy companies. Um, and basically he's standing on the back of, of African children. But in, public, but in public, he's saying Black Lives Matter. So, you know, as long as, as, long as you go to protest, that you don't arrest rioters and you go to protest and you say Black Lives Matter, 
as long as they're visible, is what he's really saying. When they're in Africa, they don't matter so much, evidently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the lives being uh, lost over there and destroyed and uh, in the Congo are black. They're black. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're, they're not people white. of color. It's not, it's not young white children or young Hispanic children or young Asian children. It's young black children who are dying over there in those in those mines. And what's going to what? Um, it, as you, as you, I mean, you study this stuff, Sterling, and you're working with this stuff all the time. Um, it's nice to sit here and talk about it and have a nice debate about whether we should or can go to uh, all electric cars. But um, just as a as an expert on this stuff, where do you see well, this going? It, I mean, well, if, 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 what do you do? How do you John, how do you change it? First off, John, I, I don't debate this. I would never say we should go to all-electric cars. I don't think the government knows what's best for everybody. If people want to buy electric cars, they should have to pay the full freight for it. Right. Government shouldn't subsidize it. Government shouldn't direct it. Government shouldn't restrict my use of fossil fuels and internal combustion engines. So I don't believe that there is a standard that we should all do. So I don't debate that. If, however, you claim, if you're, if you're claiming that you're helping the world by going to electric cars, you should at least also not be a hypocrite and acknowledge that, well, you're helping some of the world. You're helping very wealthy people in developed countries, but you're killing people in developing countries. Let's well, be we, honest about that. You're not helping yeah. them. You're killing them. And we, we know that uh, that there's oil in the Middle East. We know that there's oil in uh, lots of places around North America, Texas and, and sure. uh, in the Southwest and up in Canada. But where is uh, – where do, do you know where the other – I mean, how many places can you find cobalt? Where is it? Well, like you said, about 60% of it comes from Africa. I don't know yeah, where all the cobalt locations are. I, I, I don't know. Could there be something under know. my feet right now as I'm sitting here because we just haven't looked for it? I mean, where, where do you... Where there, is it? Yeah, there might, there might, there might be, well be some cobalt in North America. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's probably not under your feet in Pennsylvania. Um, right. But it may be, it, you know, where, I know where some of the rare earth minerals that we can reach uh, are readily accessible in public lands in the West. But you have to allow mining there. Yeah, right. You have to allow dirty, nasty mining. And you know what? AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, doesn't want mining anywhere in the United States. Yeah. She wants green energy over there. She wants wind turbines. She wants, you know, basically uh, the, the old uh, South American uh, big men dictators used to say, a chicken in every pot. Well, she wants a, a wind turbine in everyone's backyard, but she doesn't want any of the material that goes into those web turbines to come from the United States. Uh, and I see that uh, Sandy Cortez is driving a Tesla. Do you think she's yeah. aware of what the people of color in the Congo have gone through to make her new car go? I well, my suspicion is, my suspicion is, I mean, it, based on what I've seen her say, she's not aware of a lot. <laughs> I, I don't think she's that bright. But I don't think if she is aware, she cares that much. That's not happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and she just feels good about herself driving an electric car, which is they yeah. are, they aren't cheap. And I, I mean, I know, uh, I mean, it, it they, pays they pretty cheap, well to work. But poor, they aren't cheap. But the average person in the United States is subsidizing it. Yeah, right. Her, her car was purchased using tax credits. Uh, she makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year, but she got ta- a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit when she bought her car. Wow. Now, do you think that? Uh, and I only have I have less than a minute here, uh, Sterling. Uh, is 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 this all? Is all of the are all of these um, inconvenient facts going to pile up and make people reverse this this uh, on this idea and go back to saying, well, maybe uh, some batteries are okay, but we can't do all batteries. I mean, is it is it going to be so obvious that they they just can't go forward with it? I'd like to say yes, but my suspicion is. If unless the costs rise so high, uh, because um, let's say there's a supply chain disruption, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, look, maybe Congress will say 
we're going to ban, we're going to declare cobalt from the DRC a conflict mineral because they've done that with a lot of things. You can't, you, we can't get tin from the Democratic Republic of Congo. We can't get several other things from there because Congress declared it a conflict mineral. Uh, now, the cost of those things to the U.S. went up. Uh, well, if, 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 we're, if we're willing to absorb the cost... Um, that, that's not going to be... I'm, I'm, I'm out of time, Sterling. I'm up against a hard break. Uh, yep. But it's uh, it's it's pretty ugly situation. It needs to be uh, get a lot more attention than it's getting. Thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for bringing attention to it. Take care. Okay, that's H. Sterling Burnett from the Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. At a meeting with Germany's foreign minister, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Iran is providing funding and weapons for the jihadists in Gaza. The true backer of uh, much of this aggression is Iran. Iran not only supports completely the uh, Islamic Jihad in Gaza and gives them all the financing, they also give weapons to uh, Hamas as well as to Hezbollah, and they, they provide the scaffolding on which these organizations uh, really work. Meanwhile, the death toll from the current conflict between Israel and Hamas is past 200. The Labor Department reporting the number of Americans seeking unemployment aid fell last week to 444,000. That is a new pandemic low. On Wall Street now, stocks are higher. The Dow up 231 points and the NASDAQ 229 points higher. This is SRN News. Have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Meadow, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal or Corporate Animalist Number 1335. Rack Animalist Number 65233. Equal Housing Lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer. AM1250theanswer.com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Update from Israel. Does the ceasefire actually take hold, or did Gaza's Hamas terrorist group continue to missile Israel overnight? Plus, updates from Sunny Bunch on what you can see, actually go to see at the movies. Sungmin Kim of the Washington Post, all on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Is it possible to truly love your enemy? Discover the truth behind the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as never before in the award-winning film Hope in the Holy Land. An enlightening, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides with real stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians who've lived through the years of war in search of peace. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back. Back in my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but... (laughs) Heavens to Betsy, there are some things an old fella like me just never forgets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. Fever is a leading symptom of COVID, and using an accurate thermometer has never been more critical. In published studies, no-touch thermometers miss more fevers than they detect. 
While the new COVID vaccines are becoming more widely available, it's important to make sure you are protected. Monitor for fever with an accurate thermometer backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies. Details at exergen.com, where accuracy matters. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Our biggest delays remain on the Parkway East. Looks like at least 10 minutes getting outbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Busy both ways, actually, into the tunnel. It's also heavy on the inbound side. Parkway West stacking up inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On 28 outbound, taking a couple extra minutes, Ohio Street to the 40th Street Bridge. Outbound 65 slows to the McKees Rocks Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be mild with a low of 59. Very warm tomorrow with clouds and sunshine. As temperatures do warm, look before you lock. Make sure you don't leave your child unattended in your vehicle. We'll see a high of 86. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 61. We'll see times of clouds and sunshine Saturday with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, is China worse than the Soviet Union ever dreamed of being? There seems to be more evidence of that every day. Uh, And a sports angle here for you. The Winter Olympics are scheduled for Beijing next February. closer we get to that, the more a massive boycott seems like the right way to go, which is what I've been pushing for here. If you didn't believe that already, you probably will after hearing what Helen Raleigh of the Federalist has to say. And she joins us now. Helen, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So your piece at the at fe, thefederalist.com, which I suggest everyone uh, go to and read, because we really can't, we don't have the time to cover it here, but it's amazing the stuff that's in this piece that you wrote. It paints a really ugly picture of China, and it's all about genocide, and it's all based on China's own population data. Are countries around the world aware of just how bad it is there, including here in the United States? Are, are, are we aware enough of what's going on there? Well, I think there are plenty of information out there. If we want to be aware, we can, we should and we can. But I think there are many organizations, especially many of our big businesses, are tone deaf. They choose to look the other way, so they do not want to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how how did the one-child policy work from 1979 until 2015? That everybody, I think uh, that was pretty well known to everybody that that was going on. That didn't work out too well for him, right. did it? No, because it's it's uh, against the, the nature and against the human nature. So basically, that policy uh, during that time period, China imposed the one-child policy, limiting uh, Chinese couple to a single child. And that results a, a demographic uh, crisis in China right now. So China is now is facing a shrinking labor force, you know, working age people at the population. At the same time, it's a, a six year and older population is fastly growing. And so it has this uh, twin uh, demographic crisis. And also, actually, there's a third pillar, um, the one child policy. Uh, also resulted in a huge gender imbalance. So at least the 30 million uh, Chinese men, are there, there are more Chinese men than Chinese women. So the, the about a 30 million Chinese men cannot find a wife, and which became a key driver for human trafficking for nearby Asian nations. I want to get to that in a second, but uh, in your piece you talk about uh, the Han Chinese uh, that's who was targeted in, from 79 until 2015, uh, and that was the largest ethnic group. Uh, and uh, they were told they were only allowed to have one child. Um, so um, why, why, were they char- why were they targeted back then and not a small minority? Well, so China had, Chinese government identified the 56 ethnic uh, groups, and the Han, uh, as you mentioned, was the majority of the population. So... The whole point for the Chinese government to impose the one-child policy was the intent to severely, severely control the population growth. So, of course, you know they want to target the biggest, uh, you know, population, the ethnic groups, 
and the Chinese government patted itself on the shoulder for successfully eliminated uh, at least 400 million, you know, babies from born. Um, there's also consideration for stability, especially given when this policy was started, you know, 1970, in the 1979, um, China was an impoverished country and the Cultural Revolution really brought the country's economy to, economy to its uh, knees. So um, there's a lot of consideration from the central government regarding stability because many of the minorities live, you know, in border uh, areas along, you know, along with other countries, share borders with other countries. So just thinking about uh, where they can make it, basically make the most, most impact as well as, um, you know, keep the problem to the minimum. So they target that policy to the Han during that period rather than uh, the minorities. And you mentioned that men now outnumber women by 33 million. Now, I mean, it's a big country, and that 33 million is a lot of people, but in, in China, it's, it's not as much as it would be here. But still, um, how did that happen? I mean, how does that happen that, that women outnumber men by 33 million? Well, because the traditional Chinese culture, especially the Han culture uh, value, because it, it has been a farm based society, agricultural society for 2,000 years. So, you know, men are traditionally a good labor for the family. So uh-huh. traditional Chinese culture preferred male versus female. So when the, when the government, you know, tells you that you can only, you are only allowed to have one child. So many families choose to have a boy rather than a girl. Yeah, but um, do they have the, do, does that, enough people there, apparently they do, uh, have the technology to, I mean, they were aborting a lot of uh, babies there. Do they have the technology to uh, tell the mother, the parents, whether what what gender, what sex the baby is? Not when they would... first implemented. Yeah, neither when they first impl- implemented this policy, because again, this policy was implemented in 1979. China was an impoverished country; they didn't have that technology. So basically, yeah. many babies they were infant side as well as many baby girls were abandoned. That's what I was getting to, uh, because they, I, I, I just can't imagine back in the late 70s and early 80s, or even later than that, that they were able to determine what, uh, whether the baby was a boy or a girl, uh, and so that they, they had to eliminate the baby after it was born, after they found out that it was a girl, that they, if they were only going to be allowed to have one child, they weren't going to allow it to be a girl, Right. Right, so so there was either infant side or the uh, female child uh, female child was abandoned. So that's why, uh, for a long period of time, if you go to orphanage in China, um, there were a lot more girls in the orphanage than boys. And w- now, um, you mentioned that that has led to some trafficking, uh, sex trafficking. Um, how are they going to fix that? I mean, they're they're going to be they're they're going to have to get pretty desperate to fix that. And that's going to—they—they're uh, apparently willing to do just about anything to get what they want. So, what, what's what are the Chinese going to do now to fix that part of it? So, the Chinese government in 2015 they relaxed the one-child policy, turning it basically into a two-child policy. Two-child two policy. So, they allow women to family, I should say, Chinese families to have uh, up to two children. So, they, they're hoping that, that they could create a baby boom. Um, to replace the, you know, gender mm-hmm. imbalancing as well as the aging population that way. But, you know, the thing is, uh, women or, or couples, you know, w- w- especially women, you know, we're, we're not like faucet. It's not like you can just order it to turn on and off. It, it does not work that way. So mm-hmm. it did not create a baby boom as the government planned. And um, how has all this led to the genocide of the Uyghurs? So um, in 2015, when the government changed its policy to uh, allow couples to have up to two children, uh, they're mostly targeted Han women. Um, at the same time, their, the uh, Chinese government's attitude to the Uyghurs has changed. Uh, they basically consider, I mentioned in my article, several reasons, um, you know, geographical as well as uh, strategically, they consider that the Uyghurs are a threat to Uyghur Muslims a threat to the central government, the kind of stability they want. And so they they want to have the population under control in the name of uh, 
anti you know terrorism as well as stability. So what the government end up doing is, on the one hand, they're encouraging Han women to have you know more than one child. At the same time, they are uh, they're doing they're, they launched uh, various campaigns to strike hard against um, to try to drive down birth rate uh, among Uyghur Muslims and other minorities in Xinjiang. It's, I mean, are they starting to figure out, uh, Helen, that trying to manage the population that way is uh, is not going to work out? It's 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 just not going to. They're not going to get what they want that way. I mean, it, it, who 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 thinks that you can manage your population like this and, and get away with it? Well, I'd like to focus on the genocide issue because um, yeah, the Chinese the the, the Chinese government, the uh, Communist Party. Uh, this, their campaigns in Xinjiang has been very effective. So within two-year period, the birth rate among the Uyghurs and other minorities in Xinjiang dropped, uh, you know, 50% or more in mm-hmm. various counties where, you know, minorities, you know, are the majorities. So, um, so it's, it's a very cruel uh, policy. And it, it has been implemented, you know, very effectively against the Uyghurs. Uh, that's why it, it, you know, this uh, study that came out to prove uh, this birth rate, sharp birth rate drop, has become latest evidence for the genocide of the Uyghurs. Because if you look at the UN definition, what constitutes genocide? You know, that's part, you know, one of the bullet points was you committed in, with intent to destroy in whole or in part uh, entire nation or ethnic or racial religious groups, in, including imposing measures to prevent the birth within that groups. So that is something you know we should focus on. And you mentioned in your piece, uh, that's why I said I wish we had more time. I mean, uh, people need to go to thefederalist.com and read this uh, because of the detail you go into here. But uh, could you talk a little bit? Of, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the, the family planning, how it's enforced. Um, uh, and the, the the line was punished and punished resolutely for violating their their uh, edicts. Yes. So there, there there were a couple of tools. One of them was a hasty fine on people who supposedly give uh, illegal births, which con- which considered that if you have more children than what the government allow you to have, and so hasty fine is one of the most uh, often used tools, and also the threat. To send you, uh, you know, send the women or the or the family members to the internment camps, those prison-like internment camps. Uh, the, the threat that you put you there if you give more than one birth. Uh, also, there's a, uh, encar- they encourage like a self-confession. They also set up a hotline to offer money, uh, money reward for anyone. Basically, tattle tell your neighbors and your friends to report about the illegal birth. And there are also government agents visiting women of a uh, Uyghur women uh, of a childbearing age on a monthly basis to make sure they're not pregnant, and encourage them to uh, pursue long-term birth control measures. And only those who accept those birth control measures are uh, praised as a trustworthy citizens. So it's a very cruel, cruel campaign against uh, Uyghur, Uyghur Muslims and other minorities in that region. I mean, it's a, it's just stunning to think about a woman being in her home and someone coming in every month to make sure she's not pregnant. This is what's actually happening on the planet Earth. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. Right. That that's why you know back to your very first opening that why aren't more people, government, you know, and or institutions, companies, more outraged about this and taking action? Right. You know, you look at Apple. You look at Apple, you look at so many companies, you know, Nikes, you know, their supply chains are tainted with forced labors from Xinjiang. Basically, you know, our dollars, when you buy a Nike, uh, buy a pair of Nike shoes, when you buy an Apple product, you're funding for this kind of, uh, you know, atrocity. You know, why aren't we as shareholders, as American citizens, hold our companies more accountable for, for such atrocity? So there's so much more we can do, and we need to really raise noises on, on this issue. Yeah, we uh, just in the segment before you came on in our first half hour, Helen, uh, I was talking about the mining of cobalt in Africa uh, and uh, the abuse that uh, kids are going through there to mine the cobalt that makes the batteries for all the electric cars Mm -hmm. that uh, Joe Biden wants to see on the road. 
uh, and it's very similar to what's happening in China. It's uh, it's it's not necessarily genocide, but it's major child abuse, and uh, kids are dying trying to do this. So uh, it's it's uh, it, and I think that's also a story that needs to bit to get more attention. But so uh, can, a little bit more specific, what do you think the United States should do? Um, the 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 uh, Congress has is currently discussing a bill called uh, it's related to Uyghur uh, forced labor yeah. issues uh, of Uyghur Muslims. That bill hasn't uh, passed both houses yet, so we need to get that bill passed. And uh, Biden needs to sign it, and we need to hold our companies accountable to make sure that their supply chains are not tainted with uh, forced labor. So we are not funding for the oppressions of the Uyghur Muslims. And we also need to speak out whenever studies like this uh, com- comes out. We need to, you know, promote those studies and speak out, uh, you know, basically call attention and hold the Chinese government accountable for this kind of, a, um, you know, atrocity. What effect would, uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, what effect would boycotting or removing the Winter Olympics from be- Beijing have on China? Um. I, I know what you're saying. I, I'm struggling with that only because I'm I, I'm thinking from the athlete's standpoint that um, you know it, it, it it's a game happens only four years. So it's to, for many of the athletes uh, that uh, after another four years they won't be able to you know they pass the peak. They won't be able to mm-hmm. co- you know compete. That's my only concern. But I I I kind of move into the other direction just as I see more and more of this. And you know it's gonna be a propaganda show. Uh, for Beijing, yeah. so I, I'm just quite—I'm just not decided yet at this point. Well, I, if I can uh, give you a little tip, uh, there's a—I um, had a woman on the show uh, a while ago. I'm trying to think of the name of the, the title of the website now, and I can't think of it. Um, but anyway, she she wrote a piece about how this only works—a boycott only works if like 20 or 23 com- countries get involved because it has to be the civilized world it can't just be the united states or a couple of countries it has to be the countries right. who really uh, do well in the winter olympics and so so they got to do it but i'm going to be pushing that and uh, i hope everybody gets on board that uh so uh as should they be allowed to be have that stage the winter olympics i mean should the world let them do that I mean, it's not like the world let them do that. I think the Olympic um, Committee really needs some reforms, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been right. doing this again and again. Like, you know, they let a, a G- Nazi Germany host the Olympics. They let yeah. the Soviet Union host Olympics. You know, I mean, none of those countries stand up for the values that the Olympic uh, Games supposed to stand up. So why are, why are we letting those countries, why are the committee let those countries host Olympic Games? Why are, why are they letting them, you know, use the Olympic Games to be their propaganda tool? So we really need to think about, do we really need the Olympic Games every four years? And if we do, you know, should we only thinking about having countries that actually stand up for those values or hosting the game? So the game needs to have, needs to be reformed. That that's what I mm-hmm. think. I think we need to go fundamentally rethink you know, whether we still need this game uh, every four years, and how do we reform it to make sure it's not going to take advantage of by authoritarian regimes, you know, to, to become a showcase for their propaganda. Um, yeah, they, so there's they, a lot of soul-searching we need to do. They shouldn't be awarded the games in the first place. The, um, the website is thediplomat.com, and there's a the piece on there you might be interested in seeing. It's a, a, the, 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 the idea is that... Uh, a boycott will work this time when it didn't work in 1980 when just the United States boycott. It's got to be everybody. But, but I'm out of time, Helen. Um, uh, Highland mm-hmm. Raleigh of The Federalist, I really appreciate you being on. I still, again, uh, everybody should check your piece out today at thefederalist.com. We didn't even cover half of all the – it's really pretty horrifying what's going on over there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's Helen Raleigh of The Federalist. We'll be right back. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. 
you can get a queen size premium my pillow for 29.98 that's regularly 69.98 that's a $40 savings kings are only $5 more all my pillow products come with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but uh, Andy Cuomo is still the governor of New York. Uh, haven't heard much about that impeachment thing. Uh, he's not going to resign, and I think I, I think I saw something today that his approval rating is up at 70%. So I guess you can harass women and do whatever you want up there, and not to mention kill lots of old people with your stupidity and your decisions to send uh, old people with uh, with COVID-19 back to uh, nursing homes to be with other old people who were the most vulnerable. You know all that about that story. There's a new story breaking now. You'll probably be hearing about it more tonight. Uh, it says here that uh, Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, was reportedly advised by his brother, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo, on how to respond to the growing number of sexual harassment allegations that began appearing earlier this year. Four people familiar with the discussions told the Washington Post. Maybe I'll try to get somebody on there tomorrow to talk about that. But um, so uh, Chris Cuomo is helping out his brother. Of course, the idea that CNN would even allow Chris Cuomo to cover stories involving his brother is another issue that they, they lose all their credibility. But the people, it says here, who spoke on conditions of anonymity said that Cuomo had advised his brother not to resign. Two of those people present on one call said that Cuomo had used the term cancel culture uh, and uh, as uh, and he's going to he's going to hold on firm in the face of the allegations. And that's uh, that's your boy there. uh, Andrew Cuomo doing a nice job. And uh, Chris on CNN. Unbelievable. I hope this uh, there's more to this story. But if you think for a minute that Chris Cuomo is going to pay any kind of a price for this not to mention his brother Andy, they're both going to come out of this great because they're wonderful liberals and everybody in the media love them. So you'll hear very little about this unless it's on Fox or maybe here. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.